0: Welcome, everybody, to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 28. I am your host, and my name is Shorty, and I have a few beans on the line with me tonight. We have Cracker. How are you going, Cracker? Very well, thank you, mate. That's good. We also have Chewy. How are you going, Chew? Um, Not too bad. How are you? I'm pretty good. And Stu is returning tonight. How are you going, Stu? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. We, we didn't scare you off after your first
1: time on the, on the cast? No, no, just been a little bit busy, but we're back. <laughs> uh, glad to have you. So, as always, we have a
0: jam-packed episode. There's always lots to talk about in the magic world, and tonight is no exception. So, we're going to get straight into it, and the first thing we're going to talk about is a little bit of a farewell to, uh, to something that has been around for a very long time, Something that's been around as long as I've been playing Magic and cue uh, the
2: violin music here yeah. in, in post. Can you, Frankie? Uh, Frankie, shorty? Frankie, wow! Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> you can tell you I've been homeschooling my wow. kid wow. and just talking wow. to her the whole time. Yeah, sorry, I, that's unfair. Frankie's probably taller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, that is true. <laughs> my kids definitely are. Yeah, yes, hundred <laughs>
0: (laughs) So yeah, uh, you've probably seen the announcement by now because it's been uh, it's nearly two weeks old now. But uh, it's been all over, or it was all over Twitter and and social media for a little while. But Wizards is doing away with the DCI numbers and the Planeswalker points system. So, Planeswalker points, for if you don't know, is something that was just sort of you, you accumulated by playing. Uh, magic tournaments so uh, actual sanctioned tournaments at your local store or, or Grand Prix's or, or Pro Tours or whatever and they were sort of used for uh, about the only thing they were really used for was uh, was getting buys at Grand Prix's and, and things like that um, but it was also it also kept a record of the games that you'd played uh, or every sanctioned match that you'd played in every tournament you'd participated in all your wins and losses and all that sort of stuff so it was kind of interesting to sort of go back and have a look at that sort of thing uh, and the DCI number was, I don't even know what DCI stands for, but it, it's the number that you used when you registered for your tournament. So it was like your membership number or your identifier number so that when you played in those sanctioned tournaments, it would keep track of them and, uh, and record how you're going, you know, for, for lifetime points and all that sort of stuff. So it's a little bit of a shame that it's going away, but, uh, for me personally, I don't I don't really care. It doesn't doesn't make a huge difference, but I know like for someone like you too, you've been around for a long time and it's probably something that you've looked at quite a few times over the years. It might be a little bit sad to see it see it going.
2: Yeah, there's a a bit of nostalgia there, uh, especially as you mentioned, it tracks your events. and I think we uh, I think before episode one of this podcast, we went back and and started looking at our uh, our, our history, and it was like, oh, that's right. I played at Card Heaven 17 years ago in my first ever, you know, sanctioned
0: FNM. We sort of did our – like when we are doing our magic – Backgrounds or whatever we origins. sort of all, all, yeah, origins. That's it. We all went back and looked at our planeswalker points and looked at when was our first tournament and, and things like that. So it was quite interesting to see.
2: Yeah, and I've got I'm just shy of like six thousand points um, over over my career. Wow. Which you know, some people have got you know a whole lot more than that. But I think um, I've got
1: five.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's probably about right.
2: <laughs> so yeah, so I've I've certainly accumulated them uh, over the journey. So yeah, it will be a bit of a shame. And um, I I know my DCI number off by heart. I can like type it in really easily. Like I can recite it really easily. Uh, I have no idea what my arena account is because arena logs in automatically on both my desktop and my laptop. So I'm (laughs) going to have to learn a new number and I'm nearly 40 and that's really hard
3: to do. Mostly you just need to remember the three digits on the back of the card, okay? Because it's just your credit card details that you need now, man. Oh, okay. Well, if I say
2: them here now, then I can just listen to the cast whenever I need to. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
3: You got it. Exactly. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we're, yeah.
0: So as of the twenty seventh of May, the Planeswalker Points system or, or the the website that you could access will no longer be there. So if you are interested in going back and looking at your history, I'd suggest you do it in the next couple of weeks. Uh, there have been people sort of talking about archiving all the old data and saving it somewhere on a, on a website so I'm sure somebody will do that and and it is a little bit weird the wizards haven't said that that's what they were actually going to do they're just basically going to delete all the data which is a little bit odd but uh, I've, I've heard a few theories on why it might be you know things to do with keeping people's personal information and, and different things like that so I'm, I don't really know about any of that sort of stuff we're not really going to go into that here but Wizards effectively is going to be using for all of their tournament systems your Wizards account uh, login, which I'm I'm pretty sure you'll be able to just use your email address, Chewy. I don't think you'll actually need need to remember like your arena tag. I think you can just you know turn up at a store and they'll go, alright. Do you know it? Nope. What's your email? Yep. Here's your email, and they'll be able to find it. So I don't think it's going to be too much of a hassle, and yeah, it's not not that hard to remember. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see. What happens with that? And yeah, it is a little bit sad that that little piece of history is sort of disappearing. So in typical Wizards fashion, they made the announcement, this is what we're scrapping and didn't actually give all the details of what they're replacing it with, which tends to be the way they do things.
2: Because they haven't figured that out yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they set themselves a deadline. They say, we're going to scrap this on the 27th of May. So they, bas- it's, it's basically like saying, okay, well, our homework's not due till the 27th of May, so we don't have to do it until the 26th of May. We'll, if you leave we'll, we'll it to it the then.
2: last minute, it only takes a minute. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: so that's, that's the <laughs> motto as you walk into into Wizards each day <laughs> <laughs>
3: across, the, across the doorway. <laughs> If you don't get it right the first time, just ban it again later. Exactly.
2: <laughs> uh, come on, we want wizards to be our friends, and uh, we do, we do. Yeah, yeah. So- All
3: right. So the wizards are doing some good
0: things, and uh, and we'll move on to the next topic, and we'll <laughs> leave that one behind before we say something we regret because it's <laughs> being recorded and posted on the internet. There's going to be another new release, as, as there always is, and uh, Stu, I think you're going to give us a quick rundown on what this one is. So it's a
1: it's a release coming to Arena. Yes, on uh, May the 21st, we're getting the third set of Historic Anthology. Uh, yep. We don't have a lot of details yet outside of two cards being Orlamog, the Ceaseless Hunger, and Phyrexian Obliterator. Hmm. But at the same time, we'll be getting the Historic Rank Q will be coming back and being made permanent, as opposed to, I think, at the moment, it's sort of been rotated in and out. Yeah, yep. And yeah, so this is May the twenty-first, and I believe the cost will be the same as the previous anthology, which was I think four thousand gems or twenty-five thousand gold. Yeah, okay. Like I was reading, I think on ICG oh, or somewhere, they're saying that that'll unlock four copies of each card. Though I'm not sure if that's all cards or just uh, the Obliterator and Ulamog.
2: Interesting. So it's, it's uh, usually all of them, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Having I think a look at as the get- whole set.
1: So another thing we're getting, which I believe is tomorrow or the same time that we drop our show, is on the 8th, they'll be announcing all the other cards from the set or they'll be previewed through a bunch of different uh, websites or groups. Okay, cool.
2: Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Which and we might be able to um, get
1: that up in the show notes um, as well. Yeah, it depends, depends when it gets announced.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, so no, just,
1: uh, the actual... So you've got which uh, places will actually be... Announcing them so at MGTG Arena, Comic Book Resource, and a few other websites.
2: Okay, cool. In case you haven't figured it out yet, Shorty, we've got a, a mini game going within the cast to try and get you to do as much work to put um, <laughs> <laughs> to put things in the show notes as possible. In case uh, I'm not already doing enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess the once once you start playing those uh, historic cues, you want to put uh, Justice Strike in your uh, in your sideboard stew to uh, take down. Those opposing Obliterators?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to read out those two cards? Because uh, Ulamog is, uh, is semi-recent, like in the in the last few years. But uh, Obliterator, I don't think that's been around in Standard for, for
1: quite a while. So Obliterator would have been with Euphorexia, right? Which was nine years ago. Yep. He's a creature horror. He costs four Black mana. And he has Trample, and whenever a source deals damage to Phyrexian Obliterator, that source's controller sacrifices that many permanents. And he's a five-five. Five. So right.
2: he's he's a bit of a house. But if you just strike him, he deals damage to himself,
0: mm, which means so, the the Obliterator's controller has to sacrifice. <laughs> correct <laughs> five permanents. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Nice. Uh, Seems good. Yeah. Which is pretty pretty fun. And uh, what does Ulamog do? For those who don't play
1: modern. Yep, so Ulamog is a legendary creature Eldrazi. He costs ten uh generic mana, is that what we call it? Yep. And he's in this. he's an indestructible ten ten. And when you cast this spell, exile two target permanents. Whenever Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger attacks, a Defending Player exiles the top twenty cards of their library.
2: So it's a cast trigger, the Exile, as well. So even if you go, I'm going to counterspell your 10-10 thing, you still get to blow up two things. Yes. So, yeah, it's uh be interesting to see if there's a, uh, a mono black deck and a ramp deck uh, that, can, uh, that can cast all the Mog in Historic. Maybe maybe the format's going to be good, I don't know.
1: Yeah, you
0: yeah. never plays it. So Historic's something that we haven't really spoken about much. We're, none of us have really shown much interest in it, but these two cards do make do pique my interest a little bit. Uh, I've, I've certainly cast
1: my fair share of all the Mogs in Modern over the last few years. So,
0: yeah. It well, just may-
1: sort of it- um, looks like they're just gearing us up for Pioneer, right? Like there has been rumours or has Wizards actually mentioned that Pioneer will come to Arena? Yeah, yeah, they have. Yep, they've said it's, it's meant to be coming this year, apparently.
3: There are a lot of cards to bring in. Yeah. <laughs>
2: No, I, yep. there's Jason Thassa's Oracle already on Arena. So, what else do you need?
3: Uh, <laughs> you just need the Inverter <laughs> of Truth, right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, now Luris is in Arena, and you know, you've basically got all of magic everywhere. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: So yeah, we're not we're not going to go too much into historic. It's if if you're interested in historic, then good on you. We we may uh, get into it at some point. I'm sure you know exactly what's going on. But for me, at the moment, it's it's not quite a deep enough card pool that I, I really care about it that much. So yeah. But if the, if they keep adding things like this, it, it does uh, pique my interest a little bit and, and mean we may have to start actually seeing what's going on over there. Uh, another another reason to play Magic. I think oh, that's yeah, fine. just just another reason in case we need it anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so something else that's coming to Arena uh, soon-ish is uh, live cube drafting. So we oh, had the I'm
2: so excited. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we had the sealed cube not that long ago, which I know you had a bit of fun with, Chewy. But, yeah, it was uh, actually
2: decent, but yeah. Yeah, like, we're, we're, get, my, we're
0: getting live cube drafts. So
2: what do you reckon on that? I, I, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you know, Magic Online's been doing it and and do them regularly and they have, you know, uh Grim Monoliths and Black Lotuses and and such. So, it'll probably be historic cube again, but uh I I actually enjoyed that. As a sealed format, it was fine. It was a bit bomby, but um I think as a an eight-player draft um format, I think it's uh, it's going to be really good. I'm looking forward to it and I will I will play it a bunch and probably stream it, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be it's gonna be good.
0: Yeah. So when's that coming to arena? Uh,
2: I don't actually know.
0: Uh, June
2: <laughs> end of June.
0: You don't, you don't have your show notes open. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Yeah.
2: 21st of June. That's my little brother's birthday. Uh, that's the uh, the uh, winter equinox. There we go. Um, for us, uh, <laughs> down south, and um, yeah, it it'll have a. Uh, I'll have a bit of a promo where the first draft is free. And I can see here in the, in the show notes, Shorty, you've said uh, that you'll assume it's been phantom cube is always phantom. Uh, like anybody who gets like salty that cube is phantom, if anybody ever comes to my house and drafts my cube, I will expect all of my cards back. Like <laughs> that's not, that's everybody not how just, it goes. <laughs> everybody just understand that cube is phantom. And if you, that means you don't want to play it, just don't and therefore then the discussion of why isn't cube why is cube phantom and why don't i get to keep the cards is null and void yeah it's it's more
0: like it's an experience with with arena specifically it's more by actually allowing people to draft the format and keep the cards is a very good way of getting the uh, people to backfill their collections for pioneer and things like that so
2: but it wrecks the draft it wrecks the draft because people go, "I'm going to take that thing rather than you know, the thing that I want for my collection, rather than the thing that I want for the deck." And I'm gonna. That impacts everybody at the table. So that's that's no different draft, to
0: paper drafts, though. Yeah, but which uh, you keep the cards, so it's it's really not that much different. And and one uh, person taking one different.
2: one person taking
0: a, one pick because they want to keep the cards. You don't. You're never no, but ever going to notice People are going to just
2: farm. Like if it's like cube draft, you get to keep it. People are just going to take the expensive card or the chase cards or, or what have you. And if you go to a competitive draft, even, even your FM, it's really rare that someone takes something just based on monetary value. They'll take it. They'll take the cards that's good for their deck the majority of the time obviously there's exceptions if you open something that's
0: worth you <laughs> like know, a foil stamp tarmigoy for a, the a pt or whatever that was <laughs> yeah exactly like there
2: there are outliers but yeah. the majority of the time you're going to take the card that's good for your deck because you're there to draft and play the tournament it's like oh i completely bombed out in the tournament because i didn't take that removal spell but i've got this fancy card for my commander deck sure if that's what you want to do you've ruined your night and everyone else's but uh, yeah the majority of the time that won't happen and cube draft is an experience and it's cheaper to enter it should be cheaper to enter and you know you have a lot of fun and yeah I'm, I'm def-
0: definitely looking forward to it the, the the sealed was pretty good I think cracker you you gave the sealed to go
3: yeah I did yeah yeah i found that, it a good experience but, um I'm um, a uh, drafting cube is better yeah because yeah. You, it's it's drafting a deck um rather than just a pile of cards and the sealed, I only played one, but it felt like it was just kind of like, well, my pool was great or my pool wasn't, and you just kind of had less agency. And it, yeah. it seemed more noticeable because the swings were bigger, whereas standard sets tend to be a little flatter.
0: Yep. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I, I only did the one and I went 0-3. <laughs> <in it and laughs> that was it. So I'm looking forward to redeeming that. But I, I did hear mention that they are changing the card pool up a little bit on for the draft version, because you can draft those synergistic decks and and, uh, get a few few of those build-around cards and things like that that in sealed, they're not very good because, yeah, you've got that luck of the draw of what you open, but in draft, they're actually really good. So it'll be interesting to see how the card pool changes and and what it's going to look like. So June 21st, I'm sure we'll touch on that again sometime between now and then, and hopefully it's a good one.
3: So tinfoil hat for a second. Yep. They have already coded Black Lotus and some of the Moxen. Yep. We've what seen are our, our chances?
0: Uh, I don't know. It depends if they want to do it as a historic cube or not, where they, they limit it. I'm assuming it will be another historic because they've said that it's sealed similar to like the one the one that we had previously, cube sealed. They're just changing sure. the pool a little bit. Okay. So I'm assuming that it's going to be historic again. And okay. So just it's baseline
3: the same as the, the sealed. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I hadn't seen yep. that part.
0: Yeah. It's a lot of work
2: to code every card in. I think uh, – I think one of the developers probably went, got a spare Saturday, I'll code Black Lotus. And, <laughs> and then they used it for something, right? So, yeah. I mean,
0: Black Lotus is probably a fairly easy card to to code because, it, you know, yes, it's super powerful, but it's not doing anything ridiculous. <laughs> you know, it's not interacting with graveyards in funky ways or bringing things from Exile or whatever. So it's probably pretty easy to uh, to get that one coded. Not that I know because I'm not a coder and I've got no idea what I'm talking about.
2: I'm just going to... Well, I'll first click... First pick Lotus, second pick Lurus.
0: <laughs> GGs. Yeah, seems cool. What could you want? Yeah. All right. So before we get into the rest of our main cast, we have our first ad. This is an exciting moment for uh, for our podcast. So we had uh, we're doing a little bit of cross promotion with a some other Aussies. So uh, there's a guy named MP Numbers who's an Aussie YouTuber. And, uh, yeah, he put out a nice little ad for us on his last podcast, and I've got something for, uh, for his cast. So if you're looking for some more magic content, then go and check out Rather Be Draftin'. Uh, there's three friends. They catch up weekly to chat about the news, cards, arena events, and whatever else is happening in the MTG world. The hosts are MP Numbers, as I mentioned. There's also Food Time and a guy named Des Mags, which if, if your name is Des Mags, that's pretty good in my book. Uh, you are we, Australian, we, <laughs> is what you are. <laughs> and we, we have some friends who are named Des, Des and, and Mags. So, yeah, I quite, quite like that one. Uh, but yeah, they all they each approach magic in a different way and that leads to some fun conversations. So search for Rather Be drafting. There's no G on the end there and you'll be able to find them. And if you're on Twitter or whatever, use the hashtag MTGRBD so you can join in any of their conversations that they've got going on. And uh, we'll link their podcast uh, site in our show notes as well. So go and check them out. I've listened to their first few episodes. They're finding their feet still and and sorting out their audio issues and things as as we did when we first started. We've all been there. Yep. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's just good to hear some more Aussie content and happy to support those guys. So, yeah, go and check out MTGRBD, Rather Be Drafting.
2: Well done, guys. Looking forward to hearing more from you.
0: Yep. All right. So, Cracker, yes, you mate. had a bit of an experience over the weekend. Your I first did. experience of commentating. Well, do you want to give us a rundown on what that was and what you
3: were doing? It was our finals. It was the league finals for April and Chewy and I – did uh, did commentary for the whole thing,
2: and we went and- deep, man. We went so deep.
3: Uh, we had great time. <laughs> uh, first, first of all, uh, I gotta say, well done, shorty and Chewy. You guys put in huge amounts of work to set up OBS and get all the screens and and you know all the everything that except for me putting my dumb head in front of Skype and talking <laughs> for three hours or whatever it was that those two did. So so well done, boys. It, yeah, it good looks, job. It, it, came it looks up amazing. The
2: tree. Yeah. Uh, Shorty, I've got to give credit to Shorty there. He kind of got the ball rolling. Uh, he just kind of handed me something that looked amazing, uh, as far as the overlay was concerned. And we had a night of like tinkering and, and got it. And then I don't know, like I just, uh, I got inspired and then we had player profiles and deck lists and <laughs> and,
0: and stuff. Yeah, you, so, you got real busy.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was, it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, I
3: can't wait for the next one. I hope I don't yeah. top four. <laughs> yeah, you know, but yeah. So we 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 ran the show. So we had three rounds. Right, we had the first and fourth played, and then second and third, and then we had third and fourth play, and then first and second. So it went really well. We actually have two of the top four competitors here. <laughs> the two people that I lost to in the Swiss, and because I lost to Stu, meant I didn't come second. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, how did it go, boys?
0: It was great. had uh, had an awesome, awesome time, an awesome experience, and uh, yeah, like sort of helping out in the background when I wasn't in in matches and things like that. It was a lot of fun and. Yeah, finding those little tweaks and getting the trying to help get the audio right and, and sort of solve problems in the background was heaps of fun and, and like I said sort of setting things up during the week was was great so overall I, I loved it it was it was a great way to cap off that league that we'd finished playing in and um, yeah I was really happy with the the product we ended up with and if, if you haven't seen if you missed the stream which uh, probably most of you did uh, then uh, it's up on YouTube or it's a vod on on twitch so you d- should definitely go and look it up and, uh, and watch through that and see the level of quality like I've, I've sort of gone and watched a couple of other podcast streams that they've been doing recently for tournaments they've been holding and i think ours was just as good if not better than some guys that are you know full-time magic players and streamers and things like that so i think uh, i think it ended up really well and i was really impressed with yeah you and chewy um cracker with your commentary it was yeah you guys did a great job and kept everybody entertained and it was really good. So my my actual magic performance was absolutely horrible.
3: So we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about this for a second because we we said it. Talk about it. We, we we've said in the past that Shorty likes to leave things to the last minute. So the night before he was going to play his mono black sack deck, and then the next day he was on team mutate what, what what was the name of my deck no I'm just, no <laughs> no, a, no. Uh, just
2: calling it the mono black sack is enough yeah, for okay. uh, our pg red podcast thank you very much try and keep we're already at the boundaries i think i think we
3: <laughs> think you know where that goes anyway so what happened shorty like why why the sudden change
0: uh, I'd been playing with that deck. Like, I, I kind of... I went into the tournament going, all right, well, you know, I, I finished on top in the, you know, the the groups and whatever. It's like, yeah, that was good fun. But I also didn't really want to win a tournament Your where packs. I, I'm, I'm paying for the prizes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I didn't really want to come in and be super competitive and that sort of thing. So, I was just going to play a bit of fun. And, uh, yeah, I'd been playing the Mono Black deck during the week and and that was... Yeah, it was doing fine, but... uh Yeah, a couple of days before, I found that uh, the mutate the simic mutate deck, and um, yeah, played a grand total of I think four matches with it, and went, "All right, this will (laughs) do." I think I went two and two out of those four matches, but I had some had a lot of fun doing it. Went, "Yeah, no, this will this will be fun." So I'll
3: I'll give this a go, and yeah, that's that's what I went with. Well, I enjoyed Uh it because Chewy and I spent the whole time going what does that card do again? <laughs> Wait, I've seen that one in limited and that one exiles things and then puts permanence. No, no, that's the wrong one. And that one loots. So no, it was good. If, I'm, if you I'm glad look, you if brought scr- something different. Cause then we would have had a lot of the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: If scryfall has like an activity tracker, like uh server performance, uh, there's a spike. Uh, during the coverage as I'm frantically looking up <laughs> yeah.
3: What on earth
1: Correct. that card does
0: yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately my my first round So I, I played against J-Mudd In the first round And uh, my yeah game one I mulliganed to four And uh, I, I had three three Hands in a row with zero lands So couldn't keep any of those And went to four and so that game was over In about two and a half minutes And uh, yeah that, that was not a good way To start the tournament so the, the rest of it Didn't really improve from there <laughs> But it was fun. I, I had a good day. So, but uh, yeah, like I said, somebody else on this cast was also yeah. in those finals. Is that why you came
3: on today, Stu? Just to like maybe a little bit, sick just rubbins. to rub it into Shorty, just a bit more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, again, I, I had a great time. I think what you guys did with the stream was just fantastic. My my wife and kids sat in the lounge room and watched the bulk of it, which was wow. really cool. Oh, you sweet. know, like, and awesome. then when I played my game, I then went out later and watched it with my wife as well and this is when i beat shorty check it you know so so it's really good <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think
2: it's worth mentioning you've made like you beat shorty in a uh, a pretty cool fashion a line that neither cracker or i saw yeah
3: that was a uh, that was a great well it was reaction. a line
1: that i didn't see either so but you I did- still pulled it off somehow
0: it was just an accident. As soon as as soon as soon I didn't block, I went, oh, crap.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now he can do this and
0: this and I'm going to be dead. And then I just basically crossed my fingers and hoped that you didn't see the line. And yeah, you no, did. No, well, as soon
1: as you didn't block, that was when the line showed up. I'm like, oh, my Dreadhorde butchers are now three threes. Did quick maths. I've got it. And then like, I just had to make bo- sure I played it out and not got it wrong.
3: What were you playing, no. Stu?
1: Just I just was to playing the, the uh, Rakdal sack with Lurus as a companion.
2: One of two in the top four. Uh, I, I think there was only three sideboard cards different between yourself and the other.
1: Yes, Luris, so Ractal I was stick. playing three yep. Myers Grasps, and Child Rebel Walker was playing three Scorching Dragonfire. Dragonfire, Dragon yeah, yeah. So um,
2: I, I did uh, just want to go back to that point on that play. It was actually the, um, the. Well, I so I went back and watched it, and it's awful watching yourself back and. <laughs> Realising how bad you are at trying to transition screens and type to people whilst you're trying to talk and you know, I cannot multitask. But uh overall, yeah, I'm really proud of what we did and it was really good. But that moment was the surprise that um, you know, that Cracker and I both had. Uh yeah, it was a real real highlight. And that's that moment is probably what I'll think of like in the future when I look back at our first lot of coverage. I'll be like, I oh, remember that play that Stu made. Well, yeah, I, I'll bring, cause I'll bring me, it up to Shorty all the time. It's going to be great. Because obviously <laughs> I
1: didn't hear or see what you guys were sort of commentating live. So to go back and watch it and I'm thinking, all right, these guys surely pick this up well before I do. And I think I'd finished it and Cracker's like, I think Shorty's just dead or just before I'd finished it. I'm thinking, yeah. yeah, I already figured that out three. You know? <laughs> uh, so it was actually really cool for me to sort of see that and go, normally I'm the one that's surprised by what someone's doing and, I kind of felt like a real magic player for a moment.
2: You've good. leveled up, Stu. Yeah, yeah.
1: Shows improvement. Yeah, which that's is that's it. Which is good. That's what. That's what I want.
2: You just tell people you top toward your last event. Yeah, exactly. Top that's three.
3: Easy. Top three these last. Top event. three.
2: Yeah, on the podium. Yeah. So should we just have a, a quick talk about what the um,
3: the other two the deck
2: lists were? Yeah. So shorty was on um, the mutate deck. <laughs> no, no, what, what, what
0: does it say in the show notes? Some, Some pile of junk.
2: Yeah, piloted by some scrub. Um, so, Shorty, you wrote those notes.
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> Not
1: those ones. No, I, I wrote those ones. <laughs> Did you? Yes. Okay, fair <laughs> Self-deprecating. Uh, right? And
2: yeah, Disco Shoe. Um, Shorty, you mentioned Jay Mudd uh, earlier when you played him in the first round. So, he made the finals against Child Rebel Walker. Um, Jay was on a uh, kind of metagame. He took a punt and tried to predict the metagame a little bit and played... A uh, a gruel so red green aggressive deck with lots of um, graveyard interaction and and a nice fast clock and And trample boys
3: yeah lots of trample boys good against cats
2: yeah and you know he basically sat down and went today it's all about believing in the cleave and uh, very nearly got there in the final final game that That was was an incredible finish. It was yeah, it was, it was very good. So, Child Rebel Walker was also on the Rakdos Sack. Represent. Um, so, uh, <laughs> well, we knew we knew there was going to be one in the finals, and, and um, yeah, they um, they had a really really spectacular almost um, final round. So, as Shorty said, it's up on YouTube. It's on. Uh, it's still active there on Twitch. Was, so it was a bit of a grudge match
3: too, because in the uh, in the previous league. Uh, Jay actually beat out Child Rebel Walker to put him into third place, right? So he, he didn't, you know, he was pretty happy to get his revenge. And, well, Jay Mudd came second again. So that's he's, actually uh, the
2: last three Magic Beans events. Poor J Mud has. Uh, I mean, has poor, finished
3: I don't know about poor J Mud. No, I don't. No, no, he's I just he's kind sending of sending boosts. It. It. I just so take <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but
2: three seconds in a row, like you know, he's he's gonna be he's gonna double down. I feel sorry for his first round opponent in the next league. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> he's gonna come out hard. I think. Um, speaking of the next league.
0: Yeah, so um, we'll be, we'll be going almost straight into another league so as we've sort of mentioned previously we're intending on running these almost monthly there there will be a few you know a couple of weeks here and there where there's nothing going on in, in between the leagues but our may league which is currently open for registration right now the registration will be closing on the 15th of may at Eight o'clock. So that's next Friday. We're recording this on the 7th of May. So you've still got a week uh, to listen to this podcast and then jump on there and register. And as always, it's free to enter. It's open to absolutely anybody, any skill level. We just want people in there coming and having fun and playing. And yeah, we'll be splitting into groups again and running round robin for the first section and then. Most likely the top two, depending on numbers, will go from that into the finals, which we will be streaming again, of course. And we're hoping that next time we can do an even better job with the stream and, uh, yeah, have a, have a few little extra things in there. So definitely keep an eye out for that.
1: So that means I have to finish top four again, because if I have to commentate, it's only going to be worse. <laughs> <laughs> Pressure's on. <laughs>
0: yeah, so... Uh, the link for that will be in our uh, show notes. As always, you can come and join our discord to organize your matches and have a chat about, uh, chat about everything with your opponents and things like that in our discord. Um, And we've had a couple of people ask sort of, when, when do you have to play your matches and things like that? It's basically up to you. You just, once you're in your group, you know that you have to play everybody in your group once, so you can just contact them directly and just organise a time that suits you and them to play. So, you know, if you want to play your matches Saturday mornings, play your matches Saturday mornings. It doesn't bother us. You just organise them whenever you want and get those matches done. As long as you have them all done by the end of the group stage, then that's all good. So, yeah, come and join us. It's a lot of fun, and we're looking forward to running it again.
2: Yeah, it's going to be great.
0: We had a bit of a chat about the decks that were played in the league finals which obviously are standard we thought we'd continue that conversation and have a bit of a chat about where the standard metagame is sort of heading at the moment and what we're seeing where we're a couple of weeks in now to Ikoria standard and as we've mentioned previously companions are everywhere and they're certainly changing things up so Chewie you're going to give us a bit of a rundown on what you've been seeing You, I know you've been playing and streaming a lot so you're probably the most experienced in standard at the moment out of any of us
2: well I've had experiences, some good, some bad. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's um, there's a, a you know new set comes out, the metagame gets shaken up. Uh, some existing decks get cards added to them, like the sacrifice deck's been around a long time. It's now got Lurus, and uh, it's kind of tier one again. Um, so that that's kind of the the deck that you'd expect to face a lot of on ladder, and um, you know be prepared for that. So um, there are there are some times if you're playing best of three where you probably want to have some uh, graveyard interaction in the uh, seventy five. Um, so yeah, expect that. Uh, another um, another popular companion that you'll see is uh, Urion, and there's a couple of decks running around that um, that have Yurion as it. Uh, I nearly said commander. Sorry, companion. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I knew
0: you were going to say that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, So for for anybody who's unfamiliar with it, um, Yurion Sky Nomad is a five mana, four, five flyer, uh, three and two Azurius hybrid, so blue, white, blue, white. Um, His companion uh, restriction is uh, your starting deck contains at least 20 cards more than the minimum deck size. So the standard deck has to be at least 80 cards. And uh, when you're in enters the battlefield, exile any number of other non-land permanents you own and control, um, return those cards to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step. So there's a, a a couple of, as I mentioned, a couple of versions of this deck running around. There is a kind of Bant ramp value style um, deck that's got, you know, Agent of Treachery, Cavalier of Thorns, um, a bunch of planeswalkers. Not that much
0: different to the old Bant Ramp decks. They've yeah. just basically added in all the, you know, the the rest of their cards up so up to play sets of them and to, to get to eighty cards, really. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. And you know, resetting your Elspeth, Conqueror's Death, and, and things like that is uh, always enjoyable. So that's kind of the default um, deck, but the spicy version is a um, a Jeskai color, so red, white, and blue. And the, the red cards that are uh, included are Luca, Pocote Outcast, which is a new planeswalker from, uh, the Akoria set. And, uh, there's a five mana, so three and two red for a five loyalty planeswalker. And, um, he has a lot of text. Um, so, uh, the important text in, in the context of this deck is, uh, his negative two ability, which lets you, uh, exile a creature you control and search your library for a creature that has a higher converted mana cost and put that into play so it plays things like um omen of the sun birth of meletus shark typhoon uh castle Aranvale* to make a creature and then uh turns that into an agent of treachery which can then steal your opponent's thing and then you can Cast Luca the next turn, uh, activate Luca again, sacking Necroge, you get another agent to steal the next thing. Then you cast Urian and then reset your Luca again. And, you know, you've, uh, before you know it, you own all of the things and your opponent, you know, quickly really scoops them up. So, um, that deck's been, um, getting around. I've been playing that a little bit. Um, Cracker, the name of the deck is Urian Trouble.
3: No, it's, it's just got Luca fires, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, And, uh, yeah, so that deck, that deck's really cool. Uh, have you guys played against that deck? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. And how have you found it?
1: Frustrating. Very frustrating.
2: (laughs) It's, uh, it's very powerful. And, uh, it, I mean, it, it even plays Fires of Invention just to be able to, you know, double spell on turn five and, you know, cast your Elspeth, Conqueror's Death, and your Urian. On it's turn it's five. interesting and though.
1: Like well, I think I've played it maybe half a dozen times, and I've only seen Luca being cast once. Like there's a lot of other cards that they can play ahead of that. It's just crazy powerful.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, Teferi is a is a good Magic card. <laughs> uh, Nas it's a good Magic card. Adrian of Treachery is a good Magic card. It's got you know, Elspeth, Conqueror's Death, Sharknado, Omens, Shadow of the Sky. It's a um. It's a, it's a really um, powerful deck. It's got dream trawler in the sideboard even. So there's uh it's it's a good deck that is kind of a, a mid-range control, like controlling value deck that can just go, I'm just gonna go so far over the top here, you can either scoop and move on with your next match or sit here miserable while I steal all your stuff. So um if that sounds like um you know your jam then
3: uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. i've i've played against it a couple of times and lost to it but i've also i've been playing and i think it's one of the next decks on the list i've been playing tour de france the cycling deck as that one's called i
2: was gonna say that there's a reason that there's four narset passer uh parter of veils in this deck Yeah, it's to Uh, find
3: your teferis and elspeth conker's deck and lucas and like yeah yeah, all all that stuff yeah yeah yeah. And, and, and and just to hate me (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, and so so Tour de France is a a, a deck name that I endorse. Um, so, uh, can you explain that deck name to us, Cracker, before we get into the deck itself?
3: Uh, yeah, it's a saffron olive special, and it's a cycling deck. So, and it's red, white, and blue like the
2: French flag, right? There's layers here. Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah That's absolutely. That's it's a good pun.
3: But it's um, its game plan is just cycle a million things into the graveyard and Zenith flare for a thousand. Is is generally how it goes. So a lot of value creatures you play like Flourishing Fox and um, Vigilant Rescuer and Draenei Stinger and Draenei Healer, and then you're basically just a Boros deck, right? You have black cards and blue cards and white cards in there and red cards, but um, you, you're mostly not casting any of those. It's um it's got a glorious mana base. I've seen different versions which are just playing, just playing basics, and it's great. You just kind of. Super aggro, very low to the ground, people wrath you and you don't care because it just makes your zenith less bigger and away you go.
2: And then you can always replay your fox off old mate Lurus, who just appears everywhere. And, uh, but yeah, it's a, um, it's just one of the decks I've streamed and um, I, um, it was really fun to play. I had a mixture of um, terrible draws and terrible punts um, that um, my record probably wasn't, reflective of how good the deck is but um yeah it's a really powerful deck and uh yeah someone in our um in our discord has taken it to uh a, you know impressively high um mythic ranking so yeah it, it's a, a very cheap deck to build and um yeah if you've uh if you've got a way to deal with Narset, you, you're happy but um, yeah you only need to get in a, a few hits with a um a fox or a um you know, some Valiant Rescuer tokens and then they're quickly in range of a uh, a big Zenith Flare and just dome people out. So uh, plays magic on a very different axis and um, yeah, almost a block constructed deck. It's very good. So I think it's going to be a uh, a deck that's around for a little while. So yeah, please
0: I've, get- I've had a bit of fun playing that deck as well. It's it's, it's good fun and, and being super cheap on Arena for the uh, the wild cards is pretty handy.
2: Yeah, it's you only have to do a couple of drafts or done a- a sealed or two or, or you know bought some packs because you know the majority of the cards you're playing are not rares and uh yeah it's a um uh so what does it say here there's eight rares 28
3: so well, the, l- that's good the lurus is the only rare in the main deck like there's yeah. just there's in fact technically there's no no no, lands. no,
0: no you got the you got sacred foundries foundries. i mean
3: sure but you don't have to play those no i mean you can easily
0: play without the sacred foundries and if you're playing best of one you don't need the sideboard so it's basically just lurus and then a bunch of commons and uncommons yep so definitely if you're if you're budget conscious on arena definitely give this this deck a crack because it is it is good and like it's competitive and it's yeah it's super cheap and easy to to get all the cards for
2: yeah absolutely so yeah and you know it'll win you plenty of games um the uh the Rakdos Sack deck we've kind of spoken about. Um, Team of Reclamation is still getting around. Uh, it, uh, I said when, you know, at the start of this segment, existing decks picked up some upgrades like Lurus into the Sack deck, but uh, Team of Rec got um, Sharknado. Um, I can't tell you off the top of my head what that card actually called. Um, <laughs> shark, shark Typhoon. Shark Typhoon, Sharknado, Jinx. thank you. Yeah. Um, So yeah, a way for it to, uh, you know, use its mana draw uh, in the late game or uh, draw some cards, have some early blockers or pressure some planeswalkers. So uh, in the sort of early to mid game, so a definite uh, level up for that deck. So I think that's a um, uh, something that you need to look out for. Um, There's a few Orbosh variants getting around mono black, black red, black red sack with Orbosh. Um, less popular than the other versions, but uh you do see them. And uh the last deck, uh, I'll I won't spend any time really talking about it, but the Gruel mid-range deck um got some airplay. Um I tried streaming it. The decks are um, <laughs> <laughs> No offense, <yeah>. J Mud. <laughs> yeah. No no no. The the deck that J Mud playing, the Gruel aggressive deck is fine. Okay. Um like it's a solid tier two deck and in the right metagame can be really good, but the Gruel mid-range deck with um, with Pfizer Invention, the new guy that, um, makes dudes when you hit with a trampler, a single copy of Adventurous Impulse and a single <laughs> copy of, um, of Embercleave. This, this uh, yeah, deck sounds like, horrible. <laughs> Why yeah. did you even play that? <laughs> uh, somebody recommended it and said it was good. And, you know, I thought, well, I'll, I better give it the, uh, the proper test before I, um, <laughs> Uh, you know just write it off on face value and uh, yeah i i should have written it off on face value but, <laughs> but apparently it's been getting around and even at some of the higher tiers on ladder it's been having some success um the deck mulligans terribly it's got a bunch of random one-offs that you know are good cards and you feel like you know if you're playing one you, should, you know why why play one embercleave with no way to search it up
0: so yeah, it's, that's yeah. a little bit odd yeah, yeah, so I think, I think uh, the, the big thing I'm noticing with these decks that you just listed out, the only deck, only legitimate top deck, not in, not including that Gruul deck that you just mentioned, that doesn't have a companion is Team of Reclamation. Everything else yeah. is running companions. Well, so I've
3: seen a bunch of Team of Rec builds running Yorian as well. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Not, yeah. not, so, not
0: surprising. But yeah, that's uh, we we've mentioned it that uh, companions are definitely everywhere. And I mean, from a wizard's point of view, it's kind of good to see, like when they bring in these new new mechanics and um, yeah, they don't want them, they don't want a set to be released and then none of the new cards get played. So that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with them and I think you guys are too, so...
2: I one of the, so a couple of points on that um, on on these before we move on. Sorry, tangent time. I've been pretty good tonight, so uh, you can indulge I did, me. I here. did
0: just open the door for you on to, yeah, to take a did, tangent. So go for it.
2: Um, so what I do like about these is they're obtainable because you only need one. yeah. So for those on a budget, you know, you don't have to buy four uh, of a card that's worth 50 bucks to, to put in you, you know, if you're talking paper, or it only costs you one rare wild card. So um, I think that is actually great because uh, it, it doesn't create a, you know, if everybody's playing um, playing the, the chase new rare cards from the new set uh, and you don't have uh the resources to invest on in them, you know, you can feel like you're getting left behind. So that's a really good design. And um and secondly, one thing that we've um we've had some discussions around on our our Discord and I I don't know we don't have enough information on it yet, but there are some decks that uh playing companions that rely on their effect. It's a bit like in Commander, right? Sometimes you play a commander because they're integral to your plan. You know, you you want to be able to play your locust god. Uh, where there are others where your commander's just there for their color identity and you, you're playing a strategy of the deck that you want to play. In that second category of deck, and the Garuda deck's an example of this, I suppose, um, you know, you should be, is it better are you better off playing no companion and having no restrictions on your deck, but just playing four of them in your main deck? So you don't have the restrictions, you can play any card you want, uh, and you, but you you will see them as regularly as you'd see any other four of, so you still get their effect. So I think that's a a, a space to explore that I find really interesting. And there'll be times where it's like yet default you know always have Urian as your commander in the Luka Fires deck, like no argument. But I think there are definitely some other cases where not having a as a companion and just jamming before you know Lurus in your main deck might be actually a really powerful thing to do so i'm looking forward to that that's something that i'm going to tinker with and, and have a bit of fun doing i think
0: yeah i think i think lurus is the most likely to fit into that category where you just play four in your main deck or three or four in your main deck cause, uh, which would
1: be great to get access to mayhem devil again yeah yeah things like that one, one
0: thing to your point to about not having to buy four of the card because uh you know they get expensive that sort of thing if you are playing Yurian specifically you now have to purchase an extra 20 cards for your deck to get to the 80 cards, which is probably in, involves a whole bunch more rares and mythics and things like that. So it's probably not really cheaper for, for the Yorion deck specifically.
1: I punched that list in this afternoon just to see how far off I was, and I need 18 rare wild cards to finish it <laughs> right. off. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I've got a lot of the cards already. So. Uh,
2: I had to buy, because I've been playing Jeskai Fires for so long, yeah. and I... I took that hit some time ago where I, I had that 20 wildcard investment. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah uh, that's, it's paid for itself over the journey. But
0: yeah. That was another reason why I played that mutate deck on the weekend was I, I think only I only had to craft like one Umori and a couple of Triomes and basically everything else was commons and uncommons. So I was more than happy to uh, splash a couple on that and have a bit of fun.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. All right. So what what do we play in upcoming events?
0: Yeah, so obviously there's our, our stuff. Make sure you, you come and play that. But uh, Red Bull Untapped, I think we spoke about it last year when the first one happened, but I, I have I can't remember exactly. I think it was locked, so it was only for Europe European people the last yeah, that's time. that's correct. But uh, this time Red Bull Untapped is back again and they're actually having some international qualifiers. So they're, they're open to everybody. So there, there are going to be some that are Europe-specific again. I think there's a, a one for Italy and one for Spain or something like that um, where only players from those regions can play in them. But there's also some that are international. So anybody can register for them. So they're open for registration now. I actually registered just this afternoon for for the first one. Same. And the first qualifier is on May the 16th And for those in our time zone So the the Australian Eastern Standard Time Well, I'm assuming that's what the AEST stands for uh, Yeah, starting on May 16th at 5pm So it's, it's not very often that we get these large tournaments That are in a good time zone for us And a Saturday night at 5pm is pretty easy to be home for especially. It's not like we're going days. out on a Saturday night <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Not that we'd be going out on a Saturday night anyway, but yeah, oh, that's a, it's a pretty good time slot. It means you can play through the Saturday night, and then if you happen to do well, you can come back the next night. So they're, they're going to be two-day qualifier events, free entry with a five grand prize pool for top eight. So that's pretty good. I mean, making top eight is going to be pretty hard, but still a five grand prize pool for a free entry event is is quite good.
2: So it's already over two thousand. Yeah. Yeah, when I registered. when I
0: registered today there was nearly two thousand four hundred and yeah, there's still what, a week and a bit to go for registration, so I'm a assuming it'll be at least two and a half, maybe even close to three thousand people registered, which is pretty nuts. And yeah, your chances of actually making it into the top eight is extremely slim, but you never know. My plan is basically just get on, play a round or two, and if I lose at least one of those rounds then I'll just drop from the event. So there's no uh, no harm in that, and there's no loss from me other than getting to enjoy playing some magic. So definitely looking forward to that. So there's there's a qualifier on May the sixteenth. That's the first international one. There's another one on June the thirteenth, and then another one June the twenty seventh. So they're all two or three weeks apart over the next month or so. And yeah, once uh, I think it's either top, either the person that uh, ends up first. After the top eight or might be first or second qualify for the finals, which is only meant to be like a 16 player major event, which is for 75 grand. So, yeah, pretty big prize money. And being Red Bull, you know, they're obviously going to be promoting it and uh, putting it out on Twitch and things like that. There should be some really good coverage. So a good way to get your name out there if you want to be a a known Magic player and you know get your face out there on on the streams and, and become a superstar or whatever you become these days as a Magic player. And, yeah, looks, looks like it should, I'm be, forward it should it. be pretty good.
2: Uh, I'll probably stream the uh, the matches I play and maybe one. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, trying to decide what deck to play, which was part of the previous discussion of working through all the decks in Standard to figure out, you know, what I want to do. Um, by the sounds of things with um, with Luris Recursion and... Um, And the Luca decks, uh, my deck list building, my deck building is going to start with four main deck, uh, Graftiger's Cage, and I'll just go from there. (laughs) That's a bold strategy. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, that that tournament's going to be run through MTG Melee, which if you're listening to any other American-based podcasts at the moment, you've probably heard about them. There's a few other major podcasts and and tournament organizers and things out there that have been organizing events through there i believe brad nelson who's a, a very well-known magic player is involved in uh the behind the scenes of mtg melee so i had a look at their system and it's it's pretty good and it's a it's a good system it's it's not quite as good as what the uh the arena nexus system should be like the, the one that we did the test event for but you know it's all web-based where you you get your pairings and you can get get your opponent's uh, deck lists and things like that. So, yeah, they're, they're, I think their tournaments run quite well and quite smoothly and they can obviously handle the volume of players that are going to be playing in this sort of event. So keep an eye out for that. We'll be, like Chewie said, he'll be streaming and if he's not streaming, I may, uh, may do it or I might just record my matches and no doubt I'll figure out what deck I'm going to play about three minutes before deck submission's due and run with that as, as I usually do.
1: Got to be consistent, I suppose. Yeah. Uh,
0: the other two, Cracker or Stew, are you, uh, either you guys interested in playing it?
1: Yeah, I think I'll register for it. Uh, whether I actually play or not will be dependent on the day. Yep. Cracker? Yeah, sometimes family yeah, happens. same
3: thing. I mean, I'll, I'll sign up, but, you know, kids depending and that kind of stuff, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, like I said, it's a free event, so I, w- I would suggest just register for it so that you're on there and you get the, the notifications and reminders and things, and then if on the night you're too busy then yeah, just don't play that's you're going to give someone a free buy most likely but uh there's no harm in it really you're not you're not putting down any money um and if you are um are still looking for other things to play they are still running all the magic fest online qualifiers that uh that are running at almost any time of the day so you can definitely go and get in on those as well and i believe one of the finals from that is on on the same weekend i know uh, a couple of guys in our Discord are talking about trying to potentially do like almost 48 hours straight of playing Magic. So be interesting to see how that goes. Just want
2: to play mono red if that was the case. <laughs> yeah. get, get those naps <laughs> in between rounds. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> all right. So we might just wrap up there. We're uh, we're about out of time. So we've been through everything we need to. We'll go through all our usual stuff and remind you, as as we said before, our league. Come and join us in our Discord and jump into our league. It's been great fun, it's been awesome fun having a chat with everybody and and yeah, if you want to be involved in a stream that's getting put out there for the finals, then join our league, get your way into the finals and uh, you'll be out there on the stream as well. So, been heaps of fun and the Discord's always a great place to come and talk to people. The guys that are planning on playing in the Red Bull event, we have a channel specifically for that where everyone's sort of talking about what decks they're thinking of playing and working out sideboard guides and stuff like that. So, Yeah, definitely a good community there. So come and join us. Uh, As always, you can head to mtgcardsales.com.au and use the discount code BEANS15 to get a uh, 15% discount on any cards you want to purchase. And you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, or Twitter. Just look up Magic Beans Cast and you'll find us on all those platforms. If you want to find me personally, I am at Peace Inc. on Twitter. Cracker, you are? At Joel Hill underscore chewy at chewy mtg and stew at mstewy very good so that will do us for this week we thank you again for listening as always stay safe out there and we will see you next time